The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob here. Now, this stream podcast is all about cash. One of my favorite words in the English language. Doesn't it sound beautiful? Cash. Just say that over and over. Cash. Okay, so when should you pay yourself? This could be if you're employed or if you're a business owner. Now, I spoke to someone at length about this just yesterday, and a lot of people don't really know when they should pay themselves and they're getting it wrong. They're sometimes paying themselves too much too early. Uh, and then they can be insolvent or they can be spending more than they earn. And then other times, as startup business owners, people don't pay themselves for long amounts of times, feeling like the business can't sustain it. But then you've got your own overheads to pay. You've got mortgages, school fees, outgoings. You know, you've got sub- subsistence. You've got sustenance. You've got all these expenses that need to be paid. So I've got some thoughts on this and I'll try and break it down into the two elements. The if you're getting an employed wage, And then if you're a business owner. So some of the sage money educators of the world have always said, pay yourself first. And I certainly agree that Um, a lot of people, they pay their Sky TV, they pay their mortgage, they pay their outgoings, the water, the electricity, the bills, the credit cards. And then there's nothing left and they have nothing left to pay themselves. Uh, So they either pay themselves last or not at all. Now, some people say, well, that's fine, Rob, to pay yourself first. But if I paid myself, I wouldn't have enough money left for all the bills. Well, that's not strictly true. It's just about how you set up your finances. But if you were to have a direct debit set up uh, and you paid from your current account into a savings account from your wage, an amount that you would save, And then an amount that you could use for disposable, what's left would then pay the bills. Now, if you didn't have enough left to pay the bills, then that would stretch you to maybe go and do a bit of overtime to ask for a pay rise or to reduce your expenses. But if you don't put these two systems in place, you'll just carry on accepting of paying the expenses that you've got. The expenses that you've got at the moment, they might seem like they're fixed, but they're not necessarily fixed. You could negotiate a longer payment term and therefore a smaller amount of monthly to pay. You could get rid of some of them. You could. There's two ways, essentially, to increase your um, disposable income. And a lot of people think, oh, how can I budget? How can I say five pounds on this monthly recurring payment, etc.? When in fact, going and earning an extra 15, 20 percent could get rid of all of those problems. So whether it's overtime, part time business, um, you know, or driving the sales up, that can often solve the problem. Now, each time you do a bit of overtime or you drive the sales up, what you, what you want to make sure you do is you want to make sure most of that is paid to you. Because what most people do is go, all right, I'll get a nicer car, I'll get a nicer house, etc. And then they, yeah, they earn a bit more money, but then that money just goes to someone else. And they're actually exaggerating and exacerbating the bad financial position that they're in. Okay, so I'll come back to that, but let's talk a bit about businesses as well. So when you start your business, obviously, it's like planting a a seed. You don't get the tree the next day. So there's a certain amount of investment in growing your business. There are 
costs. Even if you start and you're not hiring staff, you know, and you're not you're not stressing overhead too much. You don't have stock holding. You don't have leases and premises, which is good. You can run your um, business from your iPhone or your laptop or your um, recording device. You know, you can grow your businesses with these low cost assets. Um, but there's still an overhead cost, isn't there? There's hosting, you know, there's your time. There's various different costs that build up. Now, what a lot of people do in business is they wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until the business can afford to pay them. But that could be months or years. Um, and then in the end, they just build this sort of habit, even guilt around taking money because they feel like it's going to stress the business. Now, there is a balance here. Because if you started a business and immediately drew all the money out to pay yourself, uh, well, then you haven't got money for customer service, delivering your product and service. There's a difference between retained profits and cash flow. So you need cash flow sat in the business to fund growth, to pay for future payments. And then you've got the retained earnings, which is money sat in the accounts that can, can be drawn because it is net profit. So and Mark and I, over the years, as we built our business, um, in the early months, we didn't take anything and we should have taken a bit. I'll come back to that. Then we started drawing, you know, maybe a grand a month then two grand a month then three grand a month then five grand a month then 10 grand a month then 20 grand a month then 50 grand a month then 100 grand a month. And we, we nudged it up progressively. Uh, and this is important to do. Now, of course, each time we nudged that money up, the business could afford to pay us that um, because, you, you know, you can end up uh, practicing in an insolvent manner which is actually, you know, an illegal business practice. And you want to make sure you're not doing that. But one thing about nudging up your money is it gets you to nudge up your sales. It gets you to nudge down your overhead. So it kind of forces growth in your business. Like if I said to you, you have three months to go and raise 100 grand. Otherwise, the person that you love the most will be kidnapped uh, and they won't be returned ever again you'd go and raise that 100 grand. It would be a given. It would, there would just be no discussion. It's done. You would do whatever it takes because you're motivated. You have that fear of loss and that pain. Now, you have to be careful with what I'm saying here because I'm not saying go and draw a load of money in your business to create pain to go and drive up sales because if you overstress the overhead, obviously that's a problem. But doing that incrementally is a very powerful thing in your business. So what a lot of people do when they're trying to draw a wage from their business is they wait until they can draw a full salary, even if it's not a great salary, and then they draw a full salary. So they might wait six months to two years to draw £2,000 a month. But the best thing to do is wait two months, then draw £100, then wait another month and draw £200, another month £300, another month £400, another month £500, and incrementally nudge it up month by 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 month. Because if you think about it, if you have a goal in three years to say earn 10 grand from your company uh, and you start today with 100 pounds a month, that's 36 increments. It's probably only, what, 250 pound a month, something like that, incrementally uh, bumped up, bumped up, bumped up. Now, you might work out your net profit is 25%. So to bring in 250 pound a month extra increment for you is only actually a grand a month extra sales. Now, a grand a month extra sales in a month is, is achievable. You know, a grand a month extra overtime in your company or, you know, where you're employed is achievable. So instead of waiting 12, 24 months, then having a load of guilt and then putting a bigger stress on the overhead, because like if you're a property um, investor, for example, if you said to your tenant once a year, just need to put up your rent 25 pounds, that's just 4% 
of your total rent. They're not going to move out over that. You know, I'm not saying that they, they love a rent rise, but they're, they're, that would be palatable. A 10% swing either way, up or down. If you made 10% on your investments, you're not going to go and run down the high street naked celebrating, hugging everyone. 10% is kind of like, mm, it's okay. Just like if you lost 10%, you wouldn't be like, oh, my life's over. My investments are gone. I'm doomed. I'm going to go down KFC and lick people's fingers for food. You know, either way, 10%, you're not going to be overly emotional. So that sort of range of nudging up sort of maybe 10% each time is going to be palatable to you, like nudging your prices up 10% to your clients, nudging your rents up, up to 10%. So if you do that in an incremental way, rather than wait years and then have to nudge it up 50%, which is a shock to your emotional system, it's a shock to your company's overhead, that's a smart way to do it. So start drawing money as quick as you can, only an amount that the business can afford and have a goal to ratchet it up each month even if you only ratchet up a small amount of money. So by the time you get to earning 10 grand a month from your business, you've na- like the rising of tide lifts all ships, you've naturally each month just done one extra sale, another extra sale, another extra sale, another extra sale. Before you know it, you put 50 grand a month on the turnover and you're drawing an extra 10 grand a month. And that kind of almost came with the least amount of push and effort. So let's go back to then your personal earnings and money. Um, and that could be linked to your company because you could draw um, salary from your company and then pay yourself personally. So this is the same thing. If you want to buy extra items or you need to increase your overhead, what you need to do is you need to increase your income disproportionately. So let's say you wanted a car that was £300 a month. Well, what you need to do is you need to increase your earnings by £600, £800 or £1,000 a month because then you don't feel the extra increase. A lot of people are either increasing it without earning more money or they think, okay, I want to get a car, it's £300 a month. So I'll earn £300 extra a month and then I'll get the car. But then they don't have the tax, the insurance, the maintenance and everything else. So, you know, there's always more expense. So it's actually quite a cool thing, this, to sort of set these targets and and target to increase your overhead. Like going back to business again. Sorry, I'm jumping between the two, but they're linked. Like um, I want to spend more money every month on marketing. Now, in the early days of marketing, I was very proud that we did all this low and no cost marketing and I didn't want to spend a lot of marketing because I felt that our overhead was really lean. But you you get the business today from the marketing that you did yesterday. Therefore, the business you get tomorrow is from the marketing you do today. Um, And if you're not investing in marketing today, you don't have business tomorrow. So once I started spending money in marketing, not throwing it, you know, all, all over the place, but actually spending it, testing it, tracking it. Obviously, my leads, um, lead generation went up. And then my sales went up. So we spend nearly £200,000 a month on marketing, £120,000 a month on direct response, Facebook and Google ads. And that sounds like quite a lot of money. But um, relative to our turnover, that's reasonable. Um, And I know if I stopped that spending today, we would have thousands of thousands of leads less per month. So you should not just be targeting to earn more money. You should be gently targeting to increase your costs, variable more than fixed, that drives up the revenue linked to sales. I'm not saying go and get a massive building and go and get a 10 grand a month um, lease or something like that. Of course, that's, you know, fixed overheads, are, are, you know, are where you can get stuck. Variables such as can I drive up um, marketing costs that generate more sales? I mean, if I said to you, um, I've got this lead generation system guaranteed. You spend 10 quid, you get 20 back. You'd find as much 10 pound multiples as you can. You spend a grand, two grand, five grand, 10 grand. You'd scurry around finding all the money if you, were, if you could spend 10 and get 20 back. So if you track your return on um, lead generation, your cost per acquisition per client, your lifetime value per client, you know, your revenue per client, etc., then you can work out when you spend an average of X to acquire a client 
and then what that um, generates in Y revenue. And it should be two times, five times, 10 times. Now, once you've got that metric built through Facebook ads, Google ads, you know, free um, organic social media, LinkedIn, you know, um, magazine and newspaper and print advertising, etc., then you can increase the spending incrementally. So this word incrementally is really important. Um, I remember being taught by one of my martial arts instructors. And some, I used to do Kung Fu. I started Kung Fu about, what, probably 15 years ago. And um, the ancient Chinese, they used to, to improve their strength to jump, uh, you know, their leg strength in their um, stances and, you know, their, um, their kicking strength. What they used to do is they used to dig a hole, but they dig a very shallow hole, jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out many times, slightly get rid of a little bit more soil, jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. Um, you know, their body wouldn't really notice the difference of just like a quarter of an inch deeper. And incrementally, they go quarter of inch deeper, 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 such that they could jump into a hole and jump back out of a hole that might be half or the same height as their body. Then what they do is they put on one T-shirt. And then a week later, after doing a thousand of these jumps, they put on another T-shirt. Now, if you put on another T-shirt, that's not like adding 10 kilos to your weight. You're not going to feel it. And then before they knew it, they could have weights and backpacks on themselves, jumping in and out of these holes with this amazing leg strength. Um, so it's, it's, it's incrementally increasing it. So incrementally increasing your marketing budget, incrementally increasing what you pay yourself, incrementally increasing what you save, incrementally incre increasing what you pay yourself first. You know, like in the, in, in the month by month by month by month, it's not really going to seem like a huge amount, but it's better than doing nothing for two years and then having this massive void or having this massive pain. Um, also, a lot of people have guilt about taking money from their business. And I want to say this to you. You, you are allowed to pay your bills. You, are, you weren't born to be, be poor. You weren't born to live a life that's smaller than your infinite potential. You were born to self-actualize. You were born from an evolutionary point of view. I'm not talking sort of ethereal, um, you know, unified field quantum physics here. I'm just talking about you were born as a human being for the evolution of the species to self-actualize, to, to uh, maximize your potential. And so earning money and, you know, have using the capitalist system to grow your value and your reach and your revenue is all part of living up to your uh, maximum and infinite potential. So you were not born to be skint. You were not born to count the beans. You were born to grow, to serve, to um, help improve other people's lives, to solve humanity's biggest problems, because this is how we evolve as a species. So you deserve to be paid, whether it's uh, your wage or from your business. And if you wanted to sell your business, by the way, and you were paying yourself less than you were worth, someone who's buying your business would take that into account uh, and they would probably reduce the value of your business um, such that it could bring in a CEO that would be paid, you know, half a million, a million pound a year when you're only paying yourself 50 grand a year. So, you know, the value of your business is dependent on paying fair salaries. And if you're paying yourself an unfairly low salary, it devalues your business. Um, so, you know, you are worth what a, um, a comparable CEO or MD of a comparable business is. Now, again, caveat, you do this incrementally. You don't grab a load of money that the company doesn't have. You've got to have management accounts that you get reported every seven to 14 days after month end. You've got to have a good bookkeeper. You've got to track all your um, cash flows. You've got to track your retained profits. Mark and I tend to draw about half our retained earnings and we tend to leave half our retained earnings in for investing in staff, investing in marketing, growing the business, going global, creating new assets, and, you know, buying maybe a new um, 
training suite and office in the future, etc. And we feel like that's a good fair exchange. Mark and I can still earn a seven-figure sum from our business every year, but also we're not drawing it, like you're not pulling 10 pints of blood out of our business so that it's got no capacity for growth or when the recession comes in, uh, you know, and we might need some of those cash reserves. Now, one final point, and this is both personal and business. You will make volatile emotional decisions um, you know, you'll be um, sort of more uh, open and susceptible to schemes and scams and get rich quicks and business opportunities that are nowhere near related to what you want to do with your life if you have no money and if you're in desperation mode. So the best way to make strong strategic decisions, to be emotionally stable, um, to, to know what to focus on, to know what to say no to is to have cash reserves. Because cash reserves keep you calm, keep you balanced. You don't fear a recession. You don't fear one month where the, the sales are low. You can have a long-term view because you have cash reserves. This is why you must pay yourself first. This is why you must pay yourself from a salary from your business as soon as you can. Incrementally grow. Now, um, I'm trying to teach my son this at the moment. He's, um, you know, he likes to earn money to play his FIFA games by the sort of the, the tokens on these FIFA games. And so my wife and uh, myself are setting him a target where he can earn that money. You know, he can come and play golf and he can do chores, etc., to earn that money. We're all cool with that. But he's got to save half the money and he can then spend half the money. So if he wants to earn 50 quid, he's got to earn 100 quid and then he has to save 50 quid. So every time you increase your income, save part of it spend part of it and always save a, um, a decent amount of it and never spend the amount that you think you need. You need to save more, like for, like I said, a car. If a car is £300 a month, it's actually not. It's probably £450 a month with insurance, maintenance, depreciation, etc. It might be £500 a month. So you've kind of got to like overplay the costs. So I interviewed Julian, um, who's the co-founder of Superdry, Julian Dunkerton. We got on really well. Um, he's worth like half a billion pounds. And he said, I've never really spent more than 10% that I've earned. And that would be one of the reasons why he's worth half a billion. Now, of course, when he was 19 and he opened his first shop, say, uh, spending 10% of what he earned was probably quite low and he was living within his means. But the more you earn, 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 the more 10% is a huge amount of money. But imagine the volition and confidence of all decisions you make and the, the inability to be drawn off track when you're building these cash lumps of reserves and you, spending 10% of your earnings is even a hard thing. So um, I tend to spend about 30% of what I earn. It was a lot less before I had kids, um, private school, everything else. But, you know, even with Ferraris and Lamborghinis and nice houses and a lot of travel and, you know, a pretty good life lifestyle, you can still only spend 20 or 30% of what you earn if you have a strategy whereby every time you draw money, you save a decent, decent portion of it and you don't up your overhead lifestyle um, directly in proportion, i.e. you might up it 20%, but only when you've earned 100% more money. All right. So hopefully you found this useful on um, you know when and how to pay yourself in your um, personal um, work earnings or your business. Um, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. If you know any business owners uh, at all, please do share this video or this podcast with them. This is going to go live on either the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast or the Money podcast. I don't know if you're subscribed to both my podcasts. This will go live on there in a couple of weeks. Of course, if you're listening, it's already live. But please do share this message with any business owner or anyone struggling for money because there is actually a system to incrementally grow your wealth. You just have to know that system and follow that system. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.